Thank you for joining us today on the Vision Church Podcast. Our mission is to lead people to Christ and help them live out God's vision for their life. Our teaching team has crafted a message that hopefully can encourage, inspire, and also challenge you on your walk. Make sure you subscribe so you never have to miss another episode, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Well, hey, Vision. That was real sweat on my shirt, okay? It was hot. I was digging, and after the video finished, I kept digging for quite a while. But if you go by Pasture One, a bit of Oak Ranch, you'll see that post I put in the ground. It is still standing. It is. So um, I have been looking forward to starting this series. Does let me just get uh, some info from you real quick. Has anybody saying the last 12 months been fighting battles? Show me by hands if anybody here has been fighting battles. We have. Without raising your hands now, let me ask you something a little bit deeper. Have you looked anybody in the eyes this week and you saw somebody else who was fighting battles too? at the grocery store, in your home, in your workplace, in a conversation with somebody, and you come in here and you're like, wow, this is how I fight my battles, and God has something for you, and God has something for other people that you rub shoulders with that I won't get to see in my week, but you'll get to see them at college, you'll get to see them at the club, you'll get to see them at work, and guys, we have an opportunity for the next couple months to go somewhere different in terms of fighting battles. Because here's the good news. Here's the good news. Our leader, he, he's, he's not fighting any more battles. Our leader is ultimately victorious. He is unlimited power, incredible wisdom. In case you understand, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about our leader, Jesus Christ. If you've been in here the last 30 minutes, you know we're singing about the one who surrounds us. And Jesus, he's not stressed today. He's not like, wow, i got to get up today and fight some battles. Jesus is on his throne saying, I already won the battles. Not only help my kids win their battles. And when we take that perspective, Jesus says, I'm going to work and do some awesome, amazing, incredible, undeniable things. And I think Jesus says then, would you tell other people about it? Would you tell them about the battles you're in and tell them about the battles you come through? So talk about battles. Let's bring it back into like a modern time, modern history. Because I think about battles. I did some research this week. I did a lot of thinking this week on battles. And I kind of went through some of my mind. And uh, anybody ever see uh, William Wallace and the guys who are fighting, the Scots who are fighting? And I, I love the face paint, the everything, the passion in the battles. How about, um, I know my son Elijah is a big historian. He likes uh, George Washington crossing the Delaware. If you know that story in the cold, in the wet, fighting a battle for freedom, it's incredible. More in uh, modern times, we'll see where we're at in this rivalry. About a year and a half ago, there was this battle between Carolina and Duke in the Final Four. <laughs> and I brought this up last week to somebody, and, and in the group was a Carolina grad. He said, hey, who won that thing? I said, you know. You know who won that. And then uh, now, if you're under maybe 20, you probably don't know this last guy, but this last guy is a warrior of his own. And in fact, when you see Ric Flair, you know he even had a phrase. He said, you want to be the man? You got to... You got to beat the man. Okay. So, you know, whether you look at all these different times and time frames of battles, we sit down and say, okay, whoo, man, it's kind of good to laugh a little bit about battles. But the reality is any of us that raised our hand in person or online, or we thought about somebody we looked at eyeball to eyeball this week, battles are serious. Battles are heavy. And this season we're in now for the next couple months of learning how we can fight our battles even better we're looking in God's word. We're worshiping the victorious one, Jesus. And we're going to fight our battles differently. So when I was thinking about it this week, trying to understand, like, when, uh, when we're warriors fighting a battle, how we can kind of, you know, relate this to something in my life, I thought about um, how I like to play 
basketball. And in fact, my, I would say I'm tatted up, but it's more like it's scars. There's like something here and something here and all kind of stuff with my body. But over the years, as I have played basketball, and you can see uh, me and my son Elijah, and that is real sweat indeed. We were out there playing basketball. This was a couple years ago. But I was thinking about when I fight my battles in basketball, one way I can get better is by watching people that fight battles well, learning from people that fight battles well, even talking to people that fight battles well. I can go and uh, scout the opposition to figure out what I need to do to be more effective in the battles I fight. And especially if I was a team, uh, on a team, say, in college or the pros, if I went and talked to my leader more often and said, hey, leader, how can I get better at fighting my battles? The exact parallel is when we talk to Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, how about you run with some people that are fighting battles well? Hey, how about you learn how to scout the opposition so you can fight better? And Jesus most definitely says, why don't you talk to me about it? I'm your leader, and I can help you fight your battles differently and better. So for the next couple months, we're going to take a look throughout the Bible, our teaching team and some other people I'm going to bring in as well, and we're going to take a look at people that saw waters part and people that saw walls come down and people that saw young ladies stand up even against the pressure of the king. We're going to see other people that they faced situations. He said, no, there's no way. You're you're going into a situation. Surely you're going to die. Surely you're going to be patronized. There's no way out of this. They fought their battles through the power of God, and we can learn from them. Now, I'm going to give you resources throughout the series that can help you out. And in fact, in the short term, I'm going to give you some, some immediate resources to consider, and then we're going to jump into today's message. One is simply reading your Bible, and I want you to join me on a journey. So tomorrow, I'm starting a new journey, because y'all, I know I sure enjoyed in August, went through Proverbs. So I want to invite you to read with me through the New Testament through the rest of this year. I'm going to start tomorrow, a real easy way to do it. You get on your phone, you go to the Bible app, you type in what's called the Athlete's Challenge. You don't need to be an athlete to do it. I just like the length of it. It's 100 days. It goes through the New Testament, and it's not just straight through. It goes like through Matthew, then some of Paul's letters, then Mark, then some other letters. And it is a great way. It's the best way I've found to go through the New Testament in 100 days. So if you would start that with me tomorrow, we'll all finish right around Christmas. And wouldn't that be a great way to finish your year to say, wow, I've been spending time in God's Word daily, and if you take it to another level, we get to interact through the Bible app, and hey, who read this, and who heard this, and who thought this? So I encourage you to consider that, reading through the Bible with me. Also, some other next steps is if you're new here at our church, next week we're having our Vision 101 class, where we'll talk a little bit about our past and a little bit about our future, but especially about how you can get plugged in, and we can walk with you to grow in your walk and help win your battles. Also, anybody here have kids that are elementary or younger? Kids that are elementary or younger? Let me see those hands. Okay, because we, man, we got a good bunch of them in here. And we got this event we're running in October called Foundations. If you've ever been to church before and heard of a child dedication, which is nice when you bring a child up on stage and you show them off and there's pictures, what we do is we take a child dedication deeper and we say, hey, if you have elementary or preschool kids, We want to walk with you at this event called Foundations and then dedicate those kids so that together we can be raising up children even that know how to fight their battles better. I want you to join us in that. And then the last piece of it, if you've heard any rumors about a night of worship that's coming, the last Friday in September, September 29th, outdoors at the Warlick YMCA Chapel, y'all, it's going to be incredible. So make sure it's on your calendar. 
spread the word, invite people from other churches and invite people that don't go to church because if we talk that night and sing that night and Pastor X is coming back in town that night, it's gonna be an incredible time. It's gonna be incredible. So I tell you all that and say, look, I'm not just gonna preach you a good word this morning, which I am because this word is so helpful and so useful. I also wanna give you these tools and say, look, you wanna fight your battles better? I'm giving you some tools. Take these tools and run with them. So today... We're starting at the beginning. In fact, if you got your Bible, turn it to the beginning. Not the, uh, the table of contents, but turn to Genesis chapter 1. Okay, go Genesis chapter 1 with me. And if you're like, Matt, look, I, I know the story. Okay, creation, this and that, and Adam and Eve, this and that. Now understand, God revealed some things to me this week through this early story in the Bible, particularly through Adam and Eve where we understand how we can fight our battles. And before we start getting into parting, parting oceans and dropping walls and all these things, we need to fight this, this first battle. And so first, let me read you Genesis 1.1. says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you're like, Matt, I know that verse. Everybody, no, no. When you think about that, it's a foundational piece of who you are. If you read that and say, I do believe in God, and I do believe he's the creator. And in that creating everything, he created me. So we start off from this, this level ground of belief, of saying that we believe God and we believe his word. And what precedes even what comes in the garden today is understanding that when you feel like you're surrounded, truly it's God who is surrounding you in your battle. So before we get to walls crashing and waters parting, here's today's bottom line. The first battle for me to win is understanding and embracing who God wants me to be. Now, I'm decent at remembering stuff. I don't know if you are or not, but I encourage you to grab a connection, I mean, a takeaway card, which is in the seat back right in front of you, if you want to jot down anything today. But this bottom line, which is so foundational, you're saying, Matt, I do want to see walls fall, and I want to see miracles happen. Okay, we will get there over the next weeks. But this bottom line of understanding and embracing who God made you to be is so important because many of us, we raise our hand about battles. One of the main battles we have is in our head. One of the main battles we have is doubt and fear or bitterness or regret. All these things stir around in our heads and Satan is trying to get in there and just stir all those things and keep it going round and round. But that's where we start with today's bottom line. That first battle is understanding, embracing who God made us to be. So we're in Genesis chapter 1. Let's go down to verse 26, 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. What I see in that is I see authority. I see that God has given you authority. If you choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that you get to link in with this victorious warrior, Jesus, and he will fight for you. You say, yes, I want that authority in my life. I believe that authority in my life. Well, it's cool when you read through these days of the, the creation and it's good and it's good and it's good and it's good and then God gets to the spot where he makes the one that you came from, he actually said it's very good. I want you to understand, this wasn't just spoken thousands of years ago or over now billions of people. He speaks it over you. And he looks at you and he says, that's very good. What I have made here is very good. And you're like, no, I, mean, I don't know. My, my mom and dad have been telling me I'm not. 
My, my ex sure is telling me I'm not. My boss is telling me I'm not. And God's speaking into you saying, actually, what I've made in you is very good. So we continue. Go to chapter 2, verses 7 through 9. It says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. <clears throat> in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now let's stop here a minute because I'm sure many of us have heard about the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And understand the location of it was right in the middle of the garden. And I think what God's seen us today, is he says, right in the middle of your life, you are constantly facing choices. You're having choices all the time about whether you're choosing God's way or you're choosing an alternate way. Right in the middle of this garden, the garden was amazing. It had everything that Adam and Eve would need, but right in the middle of it, literally the heartbeat of it was a choice. So don't miss this, that what God is speaking to you today is that your life is full of choices and you are constantly going back to the middle of it in your home. That, this was Adam and Eve's home, the garden. You're going right back to the middle of it with the choices in front of you. Tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, my question to you, if you've ever read the Bible and believe things in here, is how are we going to experience God's promises if we don't spend time with his presence? Because Adam and Eve, I think they were like, wow, God, we want all this. This garden's incredible. This is amazing. All the food, the animals, the comfort, the peace. But something's going to shift in their relationship to where they don't spend time in his presence like originally intended. Now, the good news is I'm not walking around today saying, hey, how's your time with God this week? How's your time with God been this year? Because many of us were sitting back saying, Man, actually, it's, it's, it's not as I intended. It's not how I wanted. I haven't spent much time in his, in his presence, and I'm having a hard time grasping his promises. So let's take a look. Go down to verse 15. It says, The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Let me pause here a second. Make sure if we're talking about battles you're fighting and you're like, Matt, I don't want to work. I'm tired of work. I don't want to work. That's not God's best for you. In fact, I had lunch yesterday with a friend. We're talking about his work, about his career. You know, you were designed to produce you were designed to cultivate. That's how Adam was designed. You're not designed to say, okay, I don't want no job, no stress. I'm supposed to sit. That's not how God designed you. That's not how he made you. In fact, even talking to some of my new friends that are you know, in a retired season of life, and I see the light in their eyes that I might be retired, but I'm not done. God wants me still to produce for his kingdom's sake. I love that. Down in verse 16, it says, the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, many times we look at this, and we get so focused on the part about death. Actually, I want us to focus for a minute on the part about freely eating. You know, God set it up to live abundantly. You hear Jesus talk about that in John chapter 10, where he said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. That's what God is talking about. He says, Adam, I've set you up with the tree and everything in the garden that you need. That is the good news and then we see in there that actually there's also a flip side to it, but it comes back to choices. So we get down to verse 18. Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Now, in all the, uh, the time I spent in this this week, this next verse is my favorite verse 
that I keep coming back to. I love this. Read this. Think about this with me. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. You're like, okay, that's interesting. No, 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 don't, don't miss this. The God of creation was interested in what Adam thought. The God of creation literally is like, okay, I'm going to pull up a chair. And, God, and, and Adam, I want to know what you're going to name these animals. That, that comes from the relationship of somebody caring. So, so get this. God cares about what you think. God cares about what interests you. God cares about if you take your gifts and you, you flourish with them. So when I read this verse, I thought, God, how is it that the God of creation would want to stop to see what Adam named the animals? And that shows to me the personal side of how much God loves us. And also the unique side of it, I was talking with Meg about it this week, is this concept that Adam, in that state in the garden, man, he was plugged in, connected so well to God. I believe he had incredible wisdom that when he came up with these names and put all these pieces together about these animals, that he literally was tapping in to the holiness of God. So we continue. Verse 20. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Now, okay, who in here likes dogs? Anybody like dogs? Okay, and we got any cat people in here? Some, okay. And I, I like both. Yeah, that's right. John was celebrating a birthday recently, his cat. As much as I love dogs, as much as I love cats, I have never found a suitable helper for me in my dogs or my cats. Okay, I love going walk with Dakota, but there's just something different then about spending time with my wife. And God knew even the beauty of animals, the amazement of animals, he said, you're not complete until you get the helper. So he continues. Verse 21. Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. The Lord God made a woman from the rib he'd taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, wow. No, okay, that wasn't in there, but I, <laughs> I think he did. I think Adam did. He's like, you're much cuter than the dogs, the cats, the zebras. I don't know. Anyways, the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She should be, be called woman. She's taken out a man. And that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. They become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So let's think about this garden now. Adam and his wife are in the garden and things in essence are perfect. It's incredible. They're safe. They're healthy. They're wise. They have the food they need. They're, they're doing work that is enjoyable. And so Friday... Uh, we went over to Charlotte. Meg had a meeting, and I was over there too. And I went out to this park, and I went walking, and I was going to spend some time with God. And actually, it felt like a garden, this park. It was cool. Let me show you the first picture where I was walking, and I go down this path, and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to meet you here. It was like my garden. I was going to meet him there. And understand, with Adam, when he was in this garden, he could meet with God anytime he wants. God was in the garden. Now, as I continued walking on Friday, I went down this other path, and I saw this spot, and you can see from the look in my eyes, and I'm imagining there's some snakes around. Fortunately, I didn't see any, but y'all, you know, I'll tell you, I guarantee it. That, that marshy water behind me, there was all kind of creatures in there. So think about this. In the garden, actually, in fact, in your garden, because your garden is your life, God is always there, and the serpent is always there. The tree of life is always there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is always there. And I was over there, I was over there Friday at that, at that park, and I was walking along, 
And I was thinking, God, especially the sun starts going down and getting dark, I want no part of picture number two. I don't want to be near there. I don't want to be around there. Because I think we all know this. Unless you're a snake lover, when you're around snakes, bad things happen. Same thing in your spiritual life. You got choices all the time. And in your garden, God's there. The serpent's there. You're like, wait a second, I'm saved. I'm good. No, no. The whole time you're on this planet, they're both coming after you. God's coming after you lovingly, and the serpent is coming after you like the serpent does. Let's go to chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. In fact, anybody here like snakes? Let me just make sure I know understand the room here. Wow, okay. Whew. But this serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden. Now, I think the, certain, the serpent typically does two things. Uh, he, uh, he twists and he tempts. He does these things. He takes words and he, he, he twists and he also he tempts you. So what he just did there, he said, did God really say that? He takes God's word and he kind of twists him a little bit. And don't be like, oh, poor Eve. No, that's what he does in your life. He takes God's word and he twists him. to be like, wait a second. Do I really believe that now? Do I know that? Did I hear God right? Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit in the trees of the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. The serpent then, doing this twisting again, how oh, you certainly, you, you won't die, for God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So the serpent, who is always coming after you in your garden, he twists things, and he tempts you. Don't think you're immune to it. In fact, you, you get in a series about battles, saying, hey, we're going to learn all this stuff, get past the battles. No, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He said, ah, but take heart, for I've overcome the world. So understand, this serpent is always coming after you, but God, your heavenly Father, is always there too. Let's go down to verse 6. When a woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Okay, don't miss this because God showed me some things this this week. You understand, Adam, let's just focus on him for a minute. He's living in the house that God gave him, the incredible garden that was at Eden. He's living in this house, this wonderful garden, has everything he needs. God has given it to him openly and lovingly. And now Adam has made a choice. He's chosen this path. And now you know what Adam's doing? He's taking the blessings God gave him and he's using the blessings to cover himself up. He's saying, God, Wow, I used to love figs. He was like, man, fig newtons. That was like my favorite thing in the garden. Instead now, he's taking the leaves off, the blessings God gave him, and he's using those blessings to hide from God. And if you ever find yourself in life, you're like, okay, God, now I'm using the blessings you've given me to hide. I'm, I'm trying to get away so people can't see me. I'm trying to get away so I can watch things. I'm trying to do these things, God, and use your blessings. And in fact, I'm turning them a different way. Beware, because it didn't work out good for Adam and for Eve. And then, in fact, the whole part about hiding, that we all get in times where we feel like we've got to hide from God. But if we truly understand how much God loves us, then why would we want to hide from that? And in that garden, God didn't want him hiding. He wanted to spend time with him still and say, hey, let's, let's work on this. So in verse 8, it says, The man and his wife 
heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the gardens. And the Lord God called to the man and said, Adam, where are you? Now understand, when he said, where are you? This wasn't about location, because God, he knew all that. This was about position. This was like, Adam, you used to be here with me in a place of fellowship. And Adam, where are you at now? Adam, you used to be in a place of comfort and peace and joy. And now, Adam, are you down here in guilt and shame and despair? Adam, where are you? And God's saying the same thing to you. Because we can get in, before we get into fighting all these battles, remember, we're starting with you understanding and embracing who you are. And if God's coming into your space and saying, hey, where are you? Not physically. Where are you at spiritually? Where are you at positionally in our relationship? In verse 10, Adam answers, says, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from, and then this is where all the blame comes in. And, and I know we can relate because we start sinning and we're trying to cover our tracks. And Adam says, and uh, Adam says, well, the woman that you put here with me, so in essence, he's pointing to God. She gave me some fruit from the tree, so I ate it. So first he's pointing to God, and now he's pointing at Eve. You know, I don't know if we can relate or not. But, hey, we start getting sin cropping up our lives, and now we're backtracking, and all we're doing is pointing fingers because, again, it came down to the choice of the trees. Then Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you've done? The woman does the same blame game. She says, the serpent, he deceived me, and I ate. We'll continue in verse 21. The Lord God made garments of, sin, of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Oh, now don't, don't overlook this. Up to this time, peace literally had prevailed in the garden until God, and I'm not sure how he picked it, but he picked the first animal that would be slain and sacrificed because of this sin. I wonder what, did it squeal? Did it make loud noises? Did the other animals look? Was there mourning in the garden? Like what happened in that moment to when he killed an animal, peeled its skin off and literally gave it to them to wear, to where now Adam, Adam named that animal. That was someone he knew as a, as a pet, as somebody personally in his life that he knew. And he's like, Oh my goodness, this animal was killed because of my sin? And what Adam and Eve didn't realize was this was foreshadowing way before there was any English class on this planet that taught you about foreshadowing. And the foreshadowing was, was that our sin was going to have to be covered by another animal that would be slain, and that was the Lamb of God, Jesus himself. So in that moment when pain just like opens up and pours out, they're putting on this skin there's been death. There's been bloodshed. Verse 22, the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he'd been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life what if the Bible ended right there? And God's like, good luck. Figure it out. Deal with your sin. Death is coming. Hell is imminent. Thank goodness the Bible's only, we're only three chapters in. 
the rest of the story is about getting a relationship back with God. And in fact, you look throughout the Bible and you see verses like Zephaniah 3.17 that says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. You ever think about that? That even you, even me, choosing the wrong tree, listening to the serpent, making the choices we make, the battles we're fighting, God says, I still sing over you. He says, I want you to hear that singing. I want you to understand and embrace that singing. You don't need to be scared anymore about death and sin and fear and shame. He says, you don't need to. He said, I'm singing over you because I've sent my son for you. And then in Isaiah 54, it says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. So as we start this series and say that we want to be able to fight our battles better, the big ones, the huge ones, it starts with this one, which is right here, and it's an understanding and embracing of who God made us to be. That we can see ourselves when we see Adam and when we see Eve and we see them banished from the garden and say, God, I can't believe I've broken this. Is it over? And he says, it's not over. I'm singing over you. He says, in fact, I have a covenant of peace for you. And in that, I am encouraged because I don't have to be a slave to those things like people that don't know God are slaves to. Now, those people, we want to invite them in. Some of those people are the ones that you looked at eyeball to eyeball this week, and they're fighting battles. He said, let me help you. Come with me. Let's go to a place where we can learn to fight our battles differently, fight them better. You're literally saying to them, you don't have to be a slave to that anymore. You don't have to be a slave anymore to death, to shame, to loneliness, to fear. You don't have to. And so as we finish and, and think about that bottom line again, that the first battle we fight is this understanding. If you take that for me, thanks. This understanding and embracing of who we are. You can be a child of God. You can be one that God looks at and says, you're not banished. Come back in. He said, blood has been shed. It's covered. Come back in. He said, don't, don't, don't hide from me. In fact, you can't hide from me. He, and when God asks you, you where you're at, Say, God, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. My position in you is redeemed. My position in you is forgiven. So if you would close your eyes, close your eyes, and I want to give you this opportunity to know God in this personal way. That Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain for you, he wants to come and spend time with you. Just like God came and sat down next to Adam and said, what are you going to name these animals? I want to know what you think. I want to spend time with you. I love you. God loves you that same way. So in this moment, you can pray and accept his gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain for you so that you can be a child of God and no longer a slave to sin and death and fear. So in this moment with your eyes closed, but hopefully your heart open. If you don't know Jesus, I encourage you to pray this. And in your mind and in your heart, you're saying, God, 
something is stirring in me today that I know I need to change. God, I admit that I am a sinner. I admit, God, that I'm not perfect, and I admit, God, I need your help. You'd pray and say, God, I believe what Pastor Matt is saying about Jesus, the lamb that was slain, the son of God who came to earth for me to restore this relationship. I believe that. And God, I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to give him my life. God, I choose to truly understand and embrace who I am in you. And if you prayed that for the first time in your life, I encourage you to raise your hand. You just raise your hand up here in person, or if you're online, you make a comment, you let us know that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, and it all changes today. And for all of us on this journey together, as we are intent on fighting our battles differently, fighting them better, God, I thank you that you haven't left us. You didn't kick them out of the garden and then shut it all down, but God, you stead. You still sing over us. You love us. You're with us. So God, for each of us here in person or online, speak to us individually, Holy Spirit. Show us what we need to know. Tell us what we need to hear. God, we thank you that you are the victorious one. Indeed, you help us fight our battles. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Vision Church podcast. We hope that you were able to experience God in a real and powerful way today. If you just made the decision to accept Jesus, then congratulations. We would love to celebrate with you. Visit viz.church/salvation and we would love to meet you along with mailing you a free gift. We would also love to have you join us for church in person or on the Vision Network this Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head on over to viz.church/rsvp to let us know you're coming. As always, we are here for you and we love to pray for you in any way that we can. Send us a DM on Instagram at viz.church and a team member will be in touch shortly. Thanks again for joining us and God bless.